Well, good morning, Frontline Church. It's so good to be with you online today. Pastor Ronald and I would like to welcome you into home this morning. We're looking forward to spend this time together with you. Being on lockdown has its restrictions, as you very well know, but we have no restrictions when it comes to us having church together and celebrating the goodness of our Savior and Lord, Jesus Christ. So we rejoice in the fact that we are still able to spread this beautiful gospel to you and to even beyond our borders. Since we've gone online, church, our worship and word has reached hundreds of people that don't come to our church. The last two online services have had over 1,500 views combined. And so even in what we might see as a crisis, God is turning it for good and for His glory, and we are now seeing the fulfillment of our vision of impacting cities and nations. We give God all the glory, and we are privileged to be a part of what God is doing at Frontline. Just remember that God is on the throne, and what He started in us, He will bring it to completion. Amen. So church, we're in day 10 of lockdown, and it's really our heart that you would be strengthened in this time that you would choose faith over fear, that you would take this time to, of isolation to come out stronger and even more resilient in the face of adversity. I've said it before and I'll say it again, what the enemy meant for evil, God will turn it for good. We do, however, have a responsibility to make a choice in this time. Last week, if you recall, I spoke about this battle that we're facing. And the greatest battle that we're facing is not the coronavirus, it's the attack that's going on in our minds. As a church, we need to overcome this attack of fear. And the reason why you and I need to learn how to conquer fear is because there's always a reason to be fearful. There's always something to be fearful about. And you can either become a person filled with fear or a person filled with faith. Because church, in, in front of the doorway to your destiny and my destiny, there's always going to be a thought of fear that will pop up right in front of you and try and stare you down. Because it wants you to look in the opposite direction so that you can change your course and head away from God's calling in your life. When you and I are facing a battle, our response is going to determine how that battle is going to end. And we need to be a people in a time like this that stand on the Word of God. The Word of God that says, do not fear. Come on, do not fear. And we need to become desperate about the things of God again. There's always going to be a juncture in our lives where we will have to choose faith over fear. Church, we're going to experience Red Sea moments in our lives where we will be standing before what might seem like an impossible situation. Where it will seem impossible to get to the other side. Where the enemy will want to take back that promise that God has given you. But I want to encourage you, as, as I did last week, God is not planning to drown you at the Red Sea. He's planning to drown your enemy. And if He's brought you to this, He intends to get you through this. And if we have to go through this, it's because God is going to do something significant in our lives. He's going to wash us clean. He's going to refine us so that we, come, we become as pure as gold. Mm -hmm. So, church, just remember that the enemy cannot follow you where God has purified you. And I just want to encourage you that you should embrace this time, embrace this Red Sea, so that the Lord can do a work in you, that He can do a purifying work and a supernatural work within you. Maybe I can ask Pastor Renal, what did you think of last week? So, well, good morning, everybody. Um, I think for me, what stood out last week was the issue of the Red Sea. The purifying and the cleaning that we go through in these seasons. Mm -hmm. And I was reminded of a scripture in 1 Peter 4 verse 12 that says, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal which is taking place 
to test you. Mm. That is to test the quality of your faith as though something strange or unusual were happening to you. It's almost like Peter is talking or has written this for the church right now, 2020, COVID-19 lockdown. Mm. I mean, this is a fiery ordeal. This is a big deal that we're going through and it has certainly tested our faith. Yeah. You know, difficulties certainly confirm the quality, the condition and the state of our faith. And it also highlights areas where maybe we don't fully trust God. So I know for me in this season, I'm not asking the question, will we get through this? I have no doubt. God is taking us through the Red Sea. The question is, how will we look on the other side? Mm. And so I've taken this opportunity where I've really said, Lord, would you clean me? If there's anything in my heart, if there's anything in my life that hinders the work of God, would you do a purifying now in the season? Because I want God to remove all that is old and that is impure. And I want him to fill me with something new. I want him to fill me with more of his power, more of his presence, more of his glory. I want to have a deeper passion for the word of God. I want my prayers to sound different. I want my worship to sound different. Mm. I want to have a fierce, fervent faith when I walk through this fire or through this Red Sea um, experience. And I was thinking of those guys in Acts in the upper room. I mean, they too were on lockdown. <laughs> Jesus had said, you go and you wait. And they waited. They were locked up in a room. And listen, they left literally on fire. Mm. Um, filled with the power of God. And I'm saying that is how we should emerge out of this Red Sea experience. I want more of God in the mm. season. And if I think of our frontline vision for 2020, it was intimacy. We felt the Lord speaking about intimacy. And if we think about intimacy, it's things like trust, mm. like abiding surrender rest and haven't we just been presented with an opportunity to really embrace and pursue intimacy with god yeah. and i want to encourage you in this time to take the opportunity to follow hard after god to you know get alone with jesus um whatever it takes let's be deliberate let's be intentional i want to say in this time go deeper in the word of god memorize scripture journal i want to speak to our musicians write songs mm. to our writers write books you know to our painters paint prophetically god is speaking in this time it is a significant moment in the church that we find ourselves and let us embrace this moment let us embrace the season that we find ourselves in and let us rest in him i mean i was speaking to a lady in our church um, yesterday and she said to me look you know, if you need me to call a few of the elderly people in the ministry that are completely on their own, I would love to encourage them. The church has been mobilized at this time. We're drawing on things that God, that God gives that God has placed within us and it's opportunity for the church to arise. And so I'm saying, let's go deeper because when we draw closer to God, he draws closer to us. And then what he does is when we say, Lord, clean me, he does. He's faithful to that. He cleans us out. He purifies us. And then he fills us with new wine, new oil, new anointing. And we walk out of this Red Sea purified. That's right. Church, God is coming back. Christ is coming back for a purified bride. He's coming back for a purified bride. And we have been 
um, more than any other generation, we are closer to the coming of Christ than any other generation has ever been. What an exciting time for us to be alive. I mean, we need to understand that we have been born for such a time as this. Uh, there is destiny. There is purpose. And uh, in all the generations that we could have been born into, God chose for right now. He understood what we would be facing. And it's a significant moment in our lives. And it's a very significant time in the body of Christ. <clears throat> I see at times like this, what we've experienced is many people start asking questions. They want to understand where are we? How much longer is Christ coming soon? You know, where is, where are we on the timeline? And, um, you know, there's, there's a, a risk involved when we start running for answers and searching for answers. Um, in Matthew 24, it says, when the world gets chaotic, uh, that's paraphrased, but when it gets chaotic, um, that we need to take heed that we're not deceived. And so I want to caution you as you go through the season that even though we may be searching for answers, I've heard many voice notes and um, messages and things on the media where it's lots of opinions around where this started, how it started, who started it, why was it started. Um, and, you know, I have no issue with us gaining insight on global affairs. I think we've got to use wisdom. We've got to understand where we are, what's going on in the world. But really, I believe that if you're looking for answers, go to the scripture. Go to scripture. Go to the word of God. Mm -hmm. And you might say to me this morning, well, that's crazy because I've gone to scripture and nowhere does it say COVID-19. <laughs> no, it doesn't. But you know that 27% of the word of God is prophecy. A third of the Bible is prophetic. It is speaking prophecy, pointing us in a direction of what to expect. God is prophetic. And Jesus continuously would speak and say, listen, guys, this is what you can expect to take place. There are things that are going to take place. And when they come to pass, you will know that I am the eternal God. Mm -hmm. uh, Luke 21, 28. This is what it says. Now, this is Jesus speaking. And he says, when these things begin to occur, stand tall, lift up your heads in joy because suffering ends as your redemption draws near. That's from the Amplified Version. What an amazing scripture of encouragement. This is not the time for us to retreat and to become fearful. Because God is not surprised by what's taken place. That's right. Jesus prophesied these things would happen. And, and it's not time for us to become fearful. God is still in control. He is on the throne. Nothing has changed. It's really not time for us to become hopeless either. Because if you read scripture, we know how the story ends. Um, and we have every reason to rejoice. And in fact, in Luke 21, Jesus says, And when these things begin to occur, um, just prior to that, he starts giving um, indication of what we can expect in the end times. And I'm going to go through that in a moment. But he says, when these things start to occur, rejoice. Amen. Rejoice. Lift your head in joy. And so I want to go through this quickly. And I'm actually going to refer to Matthew 24. It's both in Matthew 24 and Luke 21. So you can go home. Um, well, you're actually at home. So after the message, we're all at home. After the message, you can grab hold of your Bible and you can read through this chapter. But um, Jesus starts to speak. And actually the heading of this uh, section in, in the word says signs of the times, the end of the age. Now, the age that he's referring to is the age of the church. 
It's speaking from the time the church was birthed at Pentecost to the time of the departure of the church when Jesus will return to take his bride home. And so he starts to describe what's going to happen in this period. And he starts to speak, and let's go through it. Um, I'll go through it together. It, it says there will be wars. Now, you know, prior to COVID-19, you would switch on CNN um, and you would just hear about wars. Syria, Iran, Jerusalem, Israel, America. I mean, there is constantly news around war going on in the world. It says nation will rise up against nation and kingdom against kingdom. Yeah. Now, this is not just talking about nation to nation. It's talking about race. There would be race against race. There would be a fight between culture. There would be a fight against the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. And I think we can agree there's been an acceleration in that lately. If we just think about the sex education being introduced into our schooling system, that is an attack um, against the kingdom of light. There is a war going on and we see an acceleration of this taking place where there is kingdom versus kingdom. Talks about famine. I mean, we see this. We hear of um, thousands suffering from a lack of food and nutrition. Pestilence. Well, we're experiencing that right now. COVID-19, you know, where pandemics sweep the world. Earthquakes. And then he talks about offense that will take place in the church as well as within your homes. Families taking offense with each other. Brother on brother. You know, parents on kids. Mm. And it interests, it's so interesting because he puts it in the same category as earthquakes and wars. Sure. It's in the same category as that. And this is destructive. Offense is destructive. I want to just pause for a moment. And I want to say that if you've got an offense, if you're carrying an offense, it is the bait of Satan. And it is destructive. It will hinder the work of God in your life. It will hinder the move of the spirit in your life. And I encourage you in this time to let God deal it. You know, let us walk out of this Red Sea being clean and purified from all kinds of resentment, unforgiveness, bitterness, and offense. It's, it's destructive to the body of Christ, and it will hinder things in your own life. So he talks about offense, and he talks about persecution. Now, possibly we don't think that there's persecution at, for the church right now, because we're living in a country that is still pretty godly yeah. you know but we're in in touch with the pastor in Pakistan and he talks about how the government not necessarily Christians being martyred for their faith if I'm correct but that the government withdraws all kind of assistance to Christians so if you're That's not right. Muslim mm. you don't get pension you don't get medical care you don't get housing assistance they restrict all kind of benefits if you're not Muslim. And that is persecution that we're seeing worldwide taking place even now as we speak. Mm. He talks around false prophets. And even there we've seen an increase. We've seen men coming in the name of God, prostituting the gospel for personal gain. That's happening. It's been happening right now. And we see an increase in this taking place. He speaks around lawlessness. And I mean, that's taking place. You look at schools, even within homes. There's no fear of God anymore. There's no respect. There's no honor. Um, the word says that everyone will believe they're right in their own eyes. That we will be, you know, men will be lovers of self. Do what pleases them. It's lawlessness. Yeah. We're seeing an increase of that taking place. But interesting in this scripture where Jesus is describing these different things, he says, listen, these things must come to pass. They have, it has to be this way. It mm -hmm. must be so. 
after the first verse where he says, take heed not to be deceived, he says, but then it's not yet the end. He says, no, 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 that's not yet the end. And then he goes on to describe all these other things. And then listen to what his last line is around this. He says, when the gospel is preached in all the world, then the end will come. We are seeing the gospel infiltrate countries and homes right now like we have never seen before. Thank God for technology, right? Yeah. I mean, he is using it for the gospel. We, are, we watch um, a, a guy, I'm not sure what his name is now, but he's got a Christian uh, broadcast television and, it, and he's saying they can monitor where this goes to, who's watching it. And there is a significant increase in countries like Iran and Iraq that are actually accessing their broadcast. So the gospel is being preached worldwide. We're seeing governments saying to their people, get on your knees and cry out to God, pray. We had the defense force leader of South Africa on national TV praying in the name of Jesus Christ. Mm. We're Amen. seeing that Bible shelves are being emptied. I mean, people are running for salvation. Mm. And Jesus says, when this starts to take place, then the end will come. Mm. In Revelations 22, he says, when these things start to happen and, that, and it's almost an acceleration, they're going to happen quickly. One on top of the other, we're going to see an acceleration. But I just want to add there that there will also be an acceleration in the spirit. Yes. God is wanting to pour out his spirit on all flesh at this time. And as the body of Christ, we need to be alert and we need to be so ready for what God is wanting to do. Because there is an acceleration coming, I believe, in the spirit, um, coupled with the acceleration of what we're seeing in the natural so Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 5.1, he says, regarding the times and the seasons, you have no need that I should write to you. Mm. Interesting scripture. Yeah. He says, when these things start to happen, you're not going to need me to write to you. Jesus has prophesied it. They will speak for themselves. They will confirm the words that have already been written and been spoken. And in, in 1 Chronicles, it talks about the sons of Issachar. They were men that knew the times and the seasons. I want to say, as sons and daughters of God, we need to have discernment. We need to perceive the times and the seasons. Yeah. It's important to note, it doesn't say that we will know the day or the hour. Because Matthew 24, 36 says, no man knows the day or the hour, not even angels, only the Father. So many people are going like, how much longer? <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. is it now? How many days have we got? How many months? How many years? None of us know. But as sons and daughters, we need to discern the time and the season. And what do I mean by that? You know, we have four seasons with weather. And when the season starts to change, we've experienced it in the last few days, the temperatures dropped, it's got cool. When there's going to be a change of season, you start to see things in the natural. You know, the leaves start falling off the tree, the trees, the, the temperature starts to change. Um, it's the, the sun starts to rise and set at different times. And so we start to see things in the natural that we start to perceive and sense and feel like there's a change of season. Something's changing. I want to say likewise in the spirit. When we start to see these things take place, we need to have discernment and to perceive something has just shifted. A new season has just begun in the spirit for the body of Christ worldwide. We're feeling that. And uh, we need to discern these times and seasons and not to become freaked out and running 
for answers to every person we can find. We mm. find answers in the Word of God. And um, I was thinking actually yesterday, if, if my daughters had to come to me now during lockdown and say, Mom, look, we're getting a little bored and we're going to do a science experiment. And what's going to happen is when we combine these two chemicals, there is going to be an explosion. So we're just warning you, Mom. We're just, we're just <laughs> warning you ahead of time. Well, what would happen is when those two combine and there's an explosion, you better believe I'm still going to get a fright. It's natural. Mm. It's a normal reaction. However, I'm not going to die for cover. I'm not going to call the police and I'm not going to assume that someone's attacking us. Why? Because I was expecting it. And so I respond accordingly. Well, Jesus has warned us. He's told us what to expect. He says, these things will come. This will happen. And because we're expecting it, our response should, you know, be according to that. We should be responding accordingly. Mm. These days are expected. Days like this have to come. Um, but I want to say that it is not a time for us to become fearful and hopeless. That's like right. that scripture said, when we see these things start to take place, it is time for us to stand tall. It doesn't just say stand up. It says stand tall. Lift up your head in joy. Watch. The scripture says, watch, you know, um, in Matthew, later on in the scripture, it says, watch, be ready. And so when you watch, um, you are alert. To watch actually means that you're alert, you're vigilant, you're scanning the horizon to almost expect. You've got an anticipation for something that will take place. And that's what we're called to do right now. And I want to say that if you believe in what scripture says, not part you know, if we're not going to believe scripture in totality, then we mustn't believe it at all. And if we believe scripture and we believe that Jesus is not a Bible character and he's not a prophet, but he is the Christ. He is the savior of the world and he is the son of the only one true God. Yes. Then there is a glorious day that awaits us. Mm. Scripture tells us that Jesus has gone to prepare a place for us and he's coming back. And the heavens will open and he will receive this glorified, purified bride unto himself. What a day we have to look forward to. Church, we have so much to be hopeful for, so much to rejoice about at this time. And I encourage you that if you believe and you know what you believe, we shouldn't be fearful. Mm. Correct? Yeah. What do you think? You know, I was thinking this, this week while in lockdown with what this world is facing amidst all of the uncertainties and questions around the future, do we know what we believe? Do we know in whom we believe? Yeah. You know, it's a good question because if there was ever a time to be sure in whom we trust and believe, it's now. Amen. You know? And I was uh, reminded of a story in the Old Testament where Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were thrown into the fiery furnace. Mm. Daniel chapter 3, verse 17 and 18 says, says this, and this is their response to the, the threats of the king to kill them. This is what they say. If that is the case, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. King Nebuchadnezzar commanded the people to worship his gods in this golden image that he had set up. And the punishment for not worshipping that image was that you would be taken, thrown into the fiery furnace, and you would basically burn alive. 
But these three Hebrew boys, they decided to oppose that command. And because of their defiance, the, the king became outraged. He, he threw them into the furnace and, and heated it up much more than ever before. Three men, a really hot furnace, but with Jesus among them, they came out of it unscathed. In fact, they got promoted. The name of God was glorified. What an amazing story. What an amazing scripture. And if you'll allow me, I want to compare that to the season that many people find themselves in right now. We haven't been thrown into a furnace, but like those three men, we have been thrown into a confined space. Right? Just like those three men, we have been thrown into this confined space, and it feels like your whole life has come to a grinding halt. Mm. And while being in that fire, there was a threat of losing life. And that is a fear that many people have at the moment. And you know, maybe in some way or another, you're feeling like these three Hebrew boys. You got thrown into this furnace of, of lockdown. You got thrown into that, that isolation. And you can't really climb out of this on your own. You don't know what the next step is because the control has been taken away from you and it feels like the temperature is getting hotter and hotter. If that's you, if that's how you feel, I have a word for you today. The three Hebrew boys said this to the king. The God whom we serve is able to deliver us. The God whom we serve is able to deliver us. And I want to ask you a question today. Do you serve God? Do you serve God? Because this is the difference right here. Not do you believe in God, do you serve God? Because when you serve God, you have no reason to be afraid. Because even if you lose your job, you never lose your God. Even if you lose your finances, you don't lose your salvation. Even if you lose your life, you gain heaven. Amen. When we serve God, if we become bond servants of God, we, you know, something begins to happen. You're on God's peril. God will take care of you because if you're a bond servant, you have access to everything that the, the master has access to. Amen. Even if you will lose your life, you must understand that as a Christian, the Bible says that we have been released from the fear of death. This means that death is something that we pass through. Death is not something that you need to be afraid of. Church, one out of one people will die. Whether it's through sickness, whether it's through old age or, or being involved in some accident, one out of one of us will die. Whether it's through sickness, whether it's through, you know, you're going to die of old age, some accident that you're involved in, one out of one of us will die. But as Christians, serving God causes us to be delivered from the fear of death. Why? Because we are consumed by another fear. It's called the fear of God. And when we get to this place, church, we, we lose the fear of death. And we can't give fear to death because we gave our fear, we gave our reverence, we gave our hope and we gave our worship to God. The fear of death cannot consume us because we have been consumed by another fear. And that is the fear of God. And I just want to encourage you today, if you are filled with the fear of death, I want you to give that fear to God. The reason these young men had no fear of death is because there was a greater fear inside of them. Church, the Bible says the God whom we serve, not the God we believe, the God that we serve. And if you're watching this right now, I want to ask you, do you serve God? Do you serve God? Is God your Lord? Is He the source of your life? Because right now, this is the moment. If He's not the source of your life, it's time to repent. It's time to place your trust in God, not just as your insurance policy or your ticket to heaven, but as your Lord. Because that's when fear loses its grip. Mm -hmm. Fear may be all around you, but it will not be inside of you. 
And when fear comes knocking, the fear of the Lord answers and says, this person has already been sold out to me. I possess them. I own them. And you know, this type of fear doesn't give you sleepless nights. You don't have this constant terror inside of you. It gives you joy. It gives you peace. It, gives you, it draws you closer to God. The God we serve is able to deliver us. But then he says this. In verse 17, he says, not only is he able to deliver us, he said he will deliver us. Amen. Church, our God is able to deliver us from whatever we are facing right now. God is able to heal you from your sickness. God is able to restore your finances. He's able to restore your family, your wife, the relationship that we have with your, your husband or your wife. He's able to get you through this. But not only is God able, the Bible says that God will. Not only is he able, he wants to. God wants to, de de to deliver you from the demonic chains and curses that are plaguing your life. It is within His desire, it is within His will to see you disconnected from the things that are keeping you bound. He wants to set you free. Our responsibility is to serve Him and to serve Him wholeheartedly. And when we do this, church, we have nothing to fear. This is the time where we need to know what we believe. This is the time where we need to know in whom we trust and fear. No matter what is staring us down, we need to be ready for what God wants to do in our life. So as you were speaking now, I'm thinking about being ready. I'm reminded of the, the parable of the ten virgins. And we won't have time to read it, so we're giving you lots that you can read. Again, Matthew 25, it's found in there. But it's a parable of ten virgins, and Jesus likens them to the church. He says this is what the church will be like. Uh, it's interesting because all 10 of them responded to the invitation. They all came. They were all expecting the bridegroom to come. They came with their lamps. They came with their oil. But it says five of them were foolish because they did not have enough oil. And then it goes on to say that the bridegroom was delayed. And so they didn't have enough oil to endure to the end. You know, scripture tells us that those who endure to the end will be mm. saved. Mm. And I'm wondering this morning if someone that is watching our program or our message this morning, maybe you have trusted God. Maybe you've walked a journey with God and maybe you've come to a place where you've said, it seems like he's delayed. You know, my prayers are not being answered. Um, it feels like he's not breaking through for me. And so what's happened is you've become discouraged. Your oil has started to run out. The things of God no longer matter. Mm -hmm. Your fire is almost dead. You can no longer pray in the spirit. And your witness and your testimony has become dull. I want to say to you this morning, God is calling you back. It is time for us to get on our knees and to cry out to God and say, God, fill me afresh. That the things of God become important to us again our walk with God becomes important again and even though he doesn't always work on our timeline isn't that true mm. we've experienced that it doesn't mean he's not faithful it doesn't mean he's not sovereign and it doesn't mean that he does not love you yeah and I encourage you today that if that is you that you would come back to God allow him to fill you afresh Maybe there's some of you this morning that's listening to our message and saying, well, I better get my life in order if Jesus is coming back soon, <laughs> you know. But like I said earlier, we don't know the time 
we don't know the day or the hour, but we do perceive the time and the season. And maybe Jesus comes back soon. Maybe he gives more time because time is grace. We don't know. But what is important is that we're ready. Like you've just said, whether it's through the rapture, whether it's through an accident, whether it's through old age, may we be ready. Mm. And that it's not a thing of us getting our lives in order now out of fear. And then the minute life goes back to some kind of normal, I guess, after all of this, there would be some kind of normal, new normal, that then your life too just goes back to the way it was. That we would continuously fill our lives with the Spirit of God, with the things of God, with worship, with yeah. prayer, with His Word. That we would continuously keep our lamp full. Because it says that those who have that will endure to the end. And we will be saved. It is a tremendous promise for those who believe. Those who know what they believe. Those who know who they serve. And those who are ready to meet him. And so I want to pray with you this morning as we start to close. I want to pray for you. And I, I'm going to pray for everyone that's listening this morning. But I want to make a special call. If you're watching this morning and you say, I don't know this Jesus. I've never had relationship with him. But I feel there's something on the inside of me that says I want to know him. I want to be part of a group that have such assurance the same hope and assurance that you're talking about. I want to be counted in that group. Mm. I want to be ready when he comes. If that's you this morning, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to ask you to repeat a prayer after me. And I want to just pray that uh, you would come into a relationship with Jesus, your Savior. Scripture says that if we believe that he is the Son of God, that he died for us because every one of us, you and me, we needed a savior. Mm. If we acknowledge that we were in need of a savior, we acknowledge that Jesus gave his life, that he died, and he rose again. We're coming into this special time now of Easter, that he rose again, and he's coming back again to take us with him. That we will spend eternity in the presence of God, worshiping um, with the angels. You know, scripture says if we believe that and if we confess it with our mouth, we're saved. So I want to pray this morning. Can we pray together? Heavenly Father, this morning I want to thank you for your word that it does not return void. God, I want to ask for each person that is listening to our message this morning. Those who feel like they've become weary, where their oil has run out and they're, gonna, they're struggling, God. They're struggling to endure to the end. I pray, Father, for a fresh infilling of your Holy Spirit. Mm. I pray that you would fill them to overflow, that you would saturate them. God, that you would meet them at their very place of need, I pray. Yes, Lord. I pray for a peace that surpasses all understanding, a courage, a hope, that joy be restored, I pray at this time, yes. God. Thank you that your arms are wide open, waiting to receive us. Your love is reckless. It is unconditional. It's extravagant. Yes, Lord. And I ask God that you would take each one of us into a deeper revelation of your love. 
And then Lord, I'll ask this morning for those who say, I want to know Jesus. This morning, would you repeat after me? Heavenly Father, I acknowledge today that I am in need of a Savior. I confess today that I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. That He died for me. He rose again. And I have assurance of eternity with Him. Jesus, would you take control of my life? Would you become Lord? I submit myself to you. I submit my life to your authority, to your leading. Would you take control now? In the name of Jesus, amen. If you've prayed this this morning with us, then I want to encourage you to call the number on our screen, to email us at our um, email address, which will be on the screen now. We would love to be in contact with you, to hear from you. We'd love to give you some resources to help you through the season and to walk a journey with you. It is so important for us to pray with you. If you've got some questions, please get in touch with us. We would love to help you during this time and just bring some encouragement um, and some scripture to you. So please get in touch with us. The number will be on the screen and it's been so good to be with you in our home this morning. Yes, uh, we love our frontline family so much. We miss you guys dearly and we look forward to be together again. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Please remember to go onto all our different social media platforms, go and comment, go and tell us how you're doing. Please let us know if you need prayer, if you need, or even if you just need someone to talk to. Remember that we are here for you. We are going through this together. So please don't do this alone. Please share with us how you're feeling. And if we need to minister to you in any which way we can, we want to be there for you. We will miss you all very much and look forward to connecting again with you soon. Have a blessed day further and we love you very much.